Hi guys and welcome back. We are episode number 20. And how are you doing my dear? So good girl. How about you? I'm doing great. I want to dig in so deep today on forgiveness and I have a million things bouncing around inside my head right now in relation to that. But just as a whole blanket, as a just a big word, forgiveness, what comes up for you? And what I find so interesting about that piece is forgiveness is something for me that I think has come quite easy in a lot of respects with a lot of relationships where I feel like I love quick, forgive easy, and just allow that to be. And in self-reflection, I'm like, why is that? Why do I not hang on to most things where Mm -hmm. it's like, huh? cool, you did that. And I'm like, is it because a lot of my choices in my life, if you were to base it on that one choice that I made, I'd be like, whew, and you are so much more than that. So I don't know if it's because I've made a lot of those choices that I feel like, oh, it's very quick to, I'm very quick to forgive because I know that if somebody was to base it off on this one thing, this one time I did something wrong to you, this one time that I did something that would hurt you and base that entire relationship on that one choice, two choices, three choices, whatever that is, I wouldn't want that to be the sum of the whole relationship. With that being said, I think both of us have very clear boundaries of like, hey, you know what? I can tolerate that girl. But if it happens again, I can clearly communicate that that's a deal breaker for me and I won't be able to move forward in our relationship. So I think when it comes to forgiveness, I think it's good to forgive quickly, but also create the boundary afterwards so that you don't continually live in that cycle of feeling hurt let down and I think that is the communication of boundaries like hey you know what yep I'm not cool with that thing but if it happens again I can no longer have that relationship and I think that's the biggest piece for forgiveness that um that people kind of miss right is like okay can't forgive that um that piece but it's because even if they were willing to forgive it's they haven't figured out that boundary piece and I would also say the biggest thing that I see with forgiveness is people don't realize when you are unwilling to forgive somebody it hurts you more than it hurts the other person you letting go of that and being like hey you know what I'm not uh, I'm not allowing you to still be in my life because I know that that relationship isn't something I can tolerate but I'm willing to forgive you so I can then be free. Do you see the same thing? I do. And I think one thing that I'm hearing you say is the importance of a boundary that stops resentment. Because what happens is if we forgive, 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 but there's this constant building of like, oh, I hate that they do this and I can't handle it. Nope, forgive. Nope, forgive. Be open. Forgive. That boundary stops. So when we say, you know what? I forgive you, but I can't continue in this manner any longer. All of a sudden it stops the resentment from creeping in. Because if we just continue to lie down in a sense, right? Going, I'm forgiving you. Yep. I'm open. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. That resentment builds. It builds. It builds. Whereas that boundary actually says, I forgive you. This is a one, two, three shot deal. But after that, we need to rediscover the dynamics of this relationship and what works for us. And sometimes it won't and sometimes it will. Um, but that boundary really stops that resentment piece from settling in and building over the course of years. 
totally, totally. How do you feel about how much forgiveness releases the person that is hanging on to that grudge or that anger or that, I can't believe you did that to me in terms of the piece of forgiving somebody, not for the other person, but the piece of forgiving them for yourself to be free. I think that's one of the key points of what I do. And forgiveness is so huge because it means letting go. Mm -hmm. And so when we forgive another person, we let them go of the expectation that we held. And so when I forgive somebody, I'm letting go of the notion that I wanted you to behave differently. So if you say to me, hey, Ash, I'm sorry I was late today. And I say, I forgive you. I'm saying I'm letting go of the expectation that I had that you would be on time. And therefore, we are right back to where we were. It's okay. So when we say I forgive you, I think the biggest piece of that is that there is a release, right? So you feel better. Sure. But that's not really all that needs to happen. I need to truly let that go. And when we truly let that go, that's what I think forgiveness is, right? And so when we think of any type of religious anything, forgiveness is a huge chunk of that. And it comes back to, I'm letting this go because I need this and you need this, right? And so not that I think either of us are super religious. Um, if you are, great. You probably have a really good handle on forgiveness. Um, but I think the biggest component that comes with forgiveness is, like you said, doing it quickly, doing it easily. Because I think one of the things that you do very well is you're able to put yourself in that person's position and go, oh, I could see myself doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is empathy. And so if we don't have empathy, if we cannot empathize, forgiveness becomes difficult because we go to this place of, well, I would never do that. Mm -hmm. Well, you might, and you might want mercy for that thing that you did that was unintentional or intentional, whatever it is. But I think for you, you empathize really well going, oh, I have done that. I can see myself doing that in the future. Or, fuck, I did that yesterday and I didn't mean to, but somebody gave me mercy for that, which is basically just going, you know what? It's okay. We're human. We are human and humans are fallible, which means we fail. Totally. And it, like, the thing that I can't wrap my brain around when we talk about this piece and when, yes, there's standards that we have in relationships, but the thing that I can't grasp is like, when it comes to slipping up or having those things show up, like whatever somebody else's perspective is of that situation, as it's happening to you and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. That was so crazy. I think you first need to forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. I did that thing. Holy shit, girl. That's kind of crazy. But it's, the quicker you forgive yourself, you then give everybody yes. else permission to then forgive you. And I think the quicker we can laugh, the quicker we can be like, <laughs> that is a really funny story. Whatever it's going to be, you need to forgive yourself first. And then everybody else is then given permission to then forgive you. For sure. And I think both of us do that incredibly well, babe, where we're just like, huh, this is what happened. I was trying to pick up my groceries from the wrong grocery store. And haha, I was just talking to that person on the phone. <laughs> I wasted 20 minutes of her world talking at the wrong grocery store. And it could be 
okay, she's probably going to go. She's going to finish her shift being like, that girl's such a dumbass. She spent 20 <laughs> minutes wasting my time. Or you just laugh about it and you go like, I will just forgive myself for this silly situation. If she's not willing to forgive me, we'll just kind of roll with it. But I think that piece is often too what we um, permeate outwards. Do you know what I mean? Like where I'm Absolutely. like, I forgive, I forgive myself very quickly. Yeah, girl, you did that. <laughs> no surprise. <laughs> oh, okay. So as you bring this up, I want to share, I want you to share with everybody the, <laughs> which one she says, which one are you going to bring up? Um, I don't so, care. Anyway. No, when reason. you're making popcorn, at Theodora's oh, daycare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she shares this story with me. And I'm just like, my eyes are so wide. And I'm laughing. And I'm just like, what is her response going to be? And it was so perfectly beautiful of self-forgiving behavior that I just, could you share that oh, with us? Oh, totally. That's a great story. <laughs> oh, there's so many great elements to it. So my son was in a cooperative nursery which I didn't know when I signed up that I needed to help but it makes sense cooperative nursery anyways you need to cooperate you need to show up you need to help out and I do this a lot but anyways so I signed up for the thing they were like yeah so your shifts are blah 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 I was like I have shifts. Well, I email them back. I'm like, okay, well, I have very limited availability. I will be able to show up for this. And okay. So this day I was in charge of snacks. It's like, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Just, it's a funny story. It was yeah. so funny. Like, they all go outside. They're with all of these nursery kids. And they're saying to me, they're like, yeah, you just go make the popcorn. And I was like, okay, cool. I go in. I'm like, fuck, there's no microwave. All right. Okay. So I'm like shuffling through the cupboards. Like, oh. Okay, okay, well, they got a popcorn maker. Totally cool. So, like, there's two directions. There's one with oil and one without oil. Me. I only read the top one. That was, like, with oil. Anyway, so I'm like, okay, cool. Follow the directions. Pour the oil into the machine. Okay, cool. We did that. Pour the kernels into the machine. Cool. We did that. Turn the machine on. Cool. We did that. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's smoke. The fire alarms are going off in the nursery. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Whew. Might be a time to panic. All of a sudden, all the sirens are going up. And there's a church above the, um, there's a church above the nursery, which is also even worse. But anyway, so all of this is happening. I did not know you that. You did not know? It's no. in the basement of a church. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Totally. So, so funny. Oh, goodness. So, I'm like, everything's going crazy. I'm like, okay, well, I have to tell the teachers and the people watching the kids, because, like, the fire alarm's going off. This might be kind of serious. I'm like, okay, so go outside. I'm like, ooh. So... I unplug it, all good, go outside, I'm like, okay, well, there's smoke, fire alarms, all this stuff. All of a sudden, the firefighters, wee-oh, 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 coming down the road. Like, oh, no, oh, am I going to burn down the nursery? Am I going to burn down? <laughs> could you imagine, guys? But all I could do is laugh, because I was like, ah, this is really funny. I don't know what I did wrong, but I was just following the directions, and all of a sudden, there was smoke. <laughs> And then the funniest part of the entire thing is that it's like my husband's friends that are the firefighters, they drive up. They're like, girl, you're not supposed to put oil into that type of machine, blah, blah, blah. Obviously didn't know, but it's so, <laughs> so funny that like it all played out. The kindergarten, the nursery kids were like, oh, we got to see the firefighters. This was so super cool. My husband has a really hilarious story with his friends, but like as it was happening, I was like, oh. Whew, that could have ended really badly, but it didn't end really badly. So this is just a really funny story. And so I think like, I wasn't, I wasn't stressed as that's happening. And like, there are times to stress, but I feel like you stress when it's actually 
it was happening, but it wasn't. I was like, yeah, fire alarms are going off, but like... If I had seen flames, maybe. And all the kids were outside, right? But I think it's so beautiful that you were just like, right after it happened, it wasn't like, oh, I hope I never tell anybody this. It was so embarrassing. You're like, girls, guess what (laughs) fucking happened? Another Ange story of the week. Hilarious moment. But that, to be able to share and be vulnerable and look stupid I'm I say that in italics because you didn't but like so many of us feel that way where this was an embarrassing thing that I don't want to share you were just like totally forgive myself for this stupid mistake well, and I just thought the firefighters was like the coolest part they were like the the teachers were like oh yeah then we got to see the firefighters today they got to tell us all about what fire safety I was like yeah guys I totally you're and all of that you're welcome <laughs> yeah you're, you're welcome, welcome. Right? And so, in the, yeah, I just think in those moments, can you, instead of being like, oh, they all think I'm dumb or they all think that I'm silly. Dude, life is about making stories, about making memories, totally. about laughing at yourself. Like, I've literally done Facebook Lives in, like, the wrong group that was, like, three <laughs> years ago. Finished a, like, 30-minute video. And I was like, oh, shit. I went live in the wrong video and the wrong group. <laughs> Which is, like obviously maybe slightly unprofessional, but when it happens, you can learn from the mistake, like, okay, I need to reconfirm this next time. Totally. But I didn't let it like shake my confidence to be like, I did the 30 minute video, realized the mistake afterwards. and was just like, that's kind of funny versus a like, Oh, you're so dumb girl. You should really like figure your or shit feeling out. like when you do go into the right group all of a sudden you need to cover it up sorry girls had a super chaotic morning you're just like hey girls want to hear something so <laughs> funny right I like, you just show up as like so i'm gonna honest. tell you the truth as ridiculous as it is like but that was something you totally could have covered up oh 100 oh yeah this happened emergency and i think so often people feel a need to put on this and i mean i i definitely did this in my younger years for sure this like need to have it all together to be totally perfect to always just like be this thing versus the this is me i don't think i could change me and even if i wanted to change that part of me i actually think she's really funny because (laughs) we made everybody's day and that was an it was awesome. I'm sure that that was a great memory for everybody and it ended well. I mean, if I burned down the church, I might feel differently, but often in my life, these, <laughs> these, catastrophes, these catastrophes don't end in a way that like is actu- actually catastrophic in my brain. Right. They end up in a way that's like, huh, everybody needed a little bit of spice to their Wednesday. So here you go, a little sprinkle, you know. Happy hump day, y'all. Right? I so, love it. Yeah. Okay, so my next question to you, Ange, is when it comes to forgiveness, you forgive yourself and you forgive others very easily. What about when it comes to asking forgiveness? Asking forgiveness from other people? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't necessarily say I would ask very often. I would say that, like, if I feel as though I've wronged somebody or done something that may require forgiveness I think often the way that that shows up is not like uh I'm asking for your forgiveness it's more so the presenting of what it is that's happened not necessarily asking for them to see me differently but opening a conversation to just say hey I'm sorry for the way that this showed 
I'm sorry for the way that I showed up in this. I'm sorry for the way I acted in this situation. My intentions were not to provide this, but I'm not necessarily asking for, for right. not necessarily that, wording it as asking for forgiveness. And I think right. that's the piece where like, we talk about this a lot, where it's going with no expectations. I'm presenting the I am sorry. You, you don't need to be ready to forgive me. You might never be ready to forgive me, but I'm going to say I'm sorry and see where that lands. I'd like to have a conversation about it. So I think... In entering it, it's not necessarily the asking for forgiveness. It's more so like, huh, I just want to see where we land. I'm sorry. This is the way that I want to express myself so that you know how I feel. And I'm willing to hear you out from your perspective with no expectations that you're then going to be like, you know what? I forgive you. We can move forward from this place. I enter it into a place of like, by me expressing I'm sorry, we'll see where this lands kind of thing. For sure. And I think that the expression of an apology is an indirect way of saying, I'm asking for your forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm going to present all of the things that let you know that, yes, I messed up. And what you choose to do with that is up to you. Mm-hmm. But I think, that, yeah, I would say that that's my advice for people, though, is to always enter into a situation with zero expectations. If somebody's like, girl this is unforgivable. I can never forgive you. I'm like, okay, cool. I said, I'm sorry. I wanted to hear your side. If you're cool with that, that's good. But I feel like it's just allowing people to be at that space of like, I'm not there. I can't be there. Maybe two days from now I'll be there, but right now I'm not there. And that's cool. I just feel like often with the forgiveness piece, people can go into a setting or an interaction with an expectation of like, that person is ready to now listen to me. And I think it happens a lot in relationships. I don't know what you find, but like, I'm a long processor. Like as something's happening, I don't like to like hash it out right away. I don't like for it to be super fiery and then immediately, okay, bandaid, good, go to go, good to go. I don't love that. I love processing slowly, revisiting it like an hour after it's happened. How are you feeling now? Let's talk about that sort of thing versus a like this needs to be resolved in the next 10 minutes or so that then we can get on with our night or then we can leave for this event or whatever. I'm a long processor in that way, I would say, but interesting. See, and I would say that I used to be, and I don't know, maybe I'm in that transition place of I used to be a quick, um, processor and it wasn't a pro I would say that it wasn't processing but I loved the fiery debate in the way that an argument could bring out certain emotions it could bring out certain responses and I would get a very immediate response right and I've since come to a place where I'm much more of a longer processor but it's because of my shift in mentality from winning to being. I want to be together happily versus winning an argument. Whereas at that very fiery place, I'm pretty articulate. I'm pretty, I don't want to say eloquent because that maybe sounds egotistical and that's not what I'm going for. But when it comes to me and Cam, Cam is brilliant he's smart he's hands-on he's incredible but I can beat him at words 100% I can beat him at words especially when it comes to quick wit when it comes to like firing shots with words I can totally win and he can just like walk away tail tucked being like yeah you're right whatever it is 
right? And so I loved that like quick confrontation because I would be able to articulate my points very, very quickly. And he needed that longer processing time to kind of like really sit with things, to really just process and not giving him that time gave me the upper hand, totally gave me the upper hand. So I felt a lot of winning, right? And as our relationship evolves, I'm very much now at a point of when we are disagreeing or when we require that forgiveness piece or there's something that shows up that seems really like between us, instead of trying to push it to that point where I can win, because I, I know how to do that. Like I can push that point um, sitting back and really just being in it and starting to kind of go to a place of what do I want out of this? What are we growing into here? What do we what are we looking for versus just being like, ah, ego wants to win. So I'm going to say all these things. You're going to get your back up and I will win. Um, so I see that I would. I would say that I'm moving in that direction of just not seeking that hot, fiery winning debate. Do you think forgiveness comes up a lot in those debates or in those disagreements for you guys? Or would you say that it's kind of like, oh, it's pretty, pretty like surface level, not necessarily requiring a lot of like, I'm sorry, forgiveness level stuff. It's more just like a difference of opinions, right? I think as married people, we sometimes have these things where it's like, oh, okay, I do need to say I'm sorry. I do need to forgive for that. Mm -hmm. But I also think what happens a lot is it's like, okay, you see pink, I see purple. Both are here. How are we going to navigate moving forward? What do you see shows up most? Is it more of an I'm sorry? Or is it more of a like, we see things differently. How do we diverge or how do we go from here? I would say both show up. I would say, generally speaking, we do disagreement very well. Like, it's very much like, oh, interesting. I don't see it that way. I see it this this way. And Cam is a lot more level-headed with that than I am, where I'm like, oh, how can you not? But I'm getting, I'm getting a lot more relaxed in that, where I'm like, oh, I don't need you to change the way that you view this. Um, so disagreements are pretty common, but not in a place where it's ever an I'm sorry kind of thing. It's just like a, okay, we disagree. And if you ask Cam, I asked him this a while ago, actually. I said, what's your favorite thing about us? And he said, I love the way we argue. I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, nobody loves the way they argue. (laughs) But he said, the way that we approach things we disagree on is very calm. It's very cool. It's very articulate. We can very much stand on different sides of the fence and be very okay with that that's huge it is I I guess I didn't it's just the way we operate but there are lots of things that require I'm sorry which is not in my world disagreements it's more ooh, I fucked up here or you fucked up here and Cam apologizes way sooner and way better than I do ever. He, same, in, same in my relationship. You are the apologizer way sooner, way better, or Jamie? Oh, Jamie's the uh, yeah. He shows he up faster. The, he needs the bandage right away. It's like I'm sorry, I overreacted. 
but it's interesting. It's interesting as it's happening. Cause there's so many times where like, I'm so cool with it. I'm like, all right, cool. We move forward with that. But what I've recognized is like, I need to, instead of just saying, I'm sorry, we're good. Cool. Move forward. It's I need to then instead of quickly going to forgiveness, be like, okay, well, this is that thing that we were talking about that we need to circle back to, to move forward versus this, like, I'm sorry, I'm good. Cool. Move forward. Right. And so I think depending on your relationship, it's either like the conversations, but yeah, he's definitely the, like, I'm sorry. Shouldn't have reacted that way. Blah, 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 blah. Um, quicker than me. For sure. Okay. Yeah. And that's totally Cam. And Cam has said to me, he's like, you do not apologize is basically the way that it comes out. And I admit, I, 100%, I have a hard time saying sorry. And I don't know why. I mean, there's like a childhood history of like my mom always saying, well, your dad will never apologize. And like Kramers are always right and all of these things. But like, eh, maybe it's embedded. But I, I do. I have a hard time. So today, actually, there was something that came up in relation to kind of parenting. And I, yeah, I was like, I got to apologize here. And it's so uncomfortable for me. Some people apologize so easily and it's just like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And they can get to that very vulnerable, easy, apologetic place. And I'm just like, I have a hard time making eye contact. (laughs) I have a hard time. I can be vulnerable in so many situations, but that apology place, I don't know what it is. I have, I'm, I'm struggling, but I work towards it because I need that processing time so that I don't just go to that defensive place where I can win. So that now I'm like, what did I do wrong here, girl? You don't have to justify. You're safe. It's okay. How could you have mended this more appropriately kind of thing? So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like with the, I'm sorry. I think often where it goes for me, I used to always be like, just like saying, well, if I were to say, I'm sorry, it was more so just like, I'm sorry, but, and then I would go, blah, 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 I'm sorry, but I kind of think you're wrong. I'm sorry, but like, this is how that made me feel. And I feel like I'm just kind of sitting more so with like, if I am saying it being like, I'm sorry, by the way, with what you said, or it sounds like I versus the assuming one thing or the defense mechanism, right. which is, that's all childhood shit, right? Where yeah. you're just like, okay, that's how you always dealt yeah. with those sorts of situations, right? right? And so I think in the, like, it's so hard, though, after you said, like, I'm sorry. It's like, I'm sorry for, okay, hopefully I say the right thing, <laughs> right? Like, I'm sorry yes. for X, Y, and Z. Oh, shit, that's not why you're mad. Fuck! <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Like, I think that. I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, okay, I don't even know if that's why he's mad, because this is what's going on. And I mean, it happens in our relationships, because we mm-hmm. our partners live with us. Not everybody, but in our situations, our partners right. live with us. So the situations are like, I think that's why you're mad. And then my husband will be like, that's not even why I'm angry. I'm like, okay, well, tell me why you're angry. Should have got that first before I said, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> right? But I For mean, sure. that's it. It's just, I don't know, the reality of it, right? For sure. And I think the thing that the butt does is it negates everything in front of it. I've heard that. And I'm like, that's 100% true, right? The other thing that I, oh my God, the only thing that drives me more crazy than the butt 
in an apology is that I'm sorry you feel that way. Are you kidding me? I'm so sorry you feel that way. I can't ha- I cannot handle that. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're why are you sorry for my feelings? That's garbage. Be sorry for your own behavior and own it or don't fucking say you're sorry. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry you feel that way. That's like saying I'm going to continue to behave this way and it sucks for you. And I'm sorry that you feel that way. I just, oh, I I cannot handle it. Yeah, but I don't know where that originated, but that's such a saying that previous generations have said, because that is definitely a line that's like passed down in terms of I'm sorry, right? It's like, I totally agree with you. But I also think there's a, I think there's a piece when somebody's saying that is it's just replication of behavior from previous generations, totally. which I think, I don't know if we're the first generation to be like, huh, parenting, maybe we should like go back to the drawing board on that piece. And we're kind of like, huh, okay. Relationships, parenting, those things should look slightly different. I'm not okay with this. Um, but I think it's just so often our responses, reactions, everything is like what we've been taught, what we've seen, what we've naturally totally. done. And I think the hardest part for me, you, and a lot of us at this age is like, okay, hey, I'm 30 and what I've been doing for 30 years isn't working. What yes. the fuck do I do moving forward? And I think that happens a lot with triggers, yes. reactions, partners. We're like, huh. that really bothers me. And it's not even really the per. it's not even really the person that's saying the thing. It's you stepping back and being like, Whoa, why the hell does that bother me so much when that person says that thing? For sure. And when you talk about that, I'm like the way that it shows up for me and my brain is just that vision of the blueprint is wrong. So imagine you're building a house. And you've got this foundation, which is like your childhood, your parents and all of the things. And then you continue to go on building. And all of a sudden you realize, like once you have kids and you're like, oh, my God, the blueprints need to get burnt. This there might be a few snippets from this thing that I want to keep. And for some people, it might be like, yeah, the whole blueprint's fantastic. I'm going to implement the thing and it's going to build to the top. It's going to be great. But so many of us look at that blueprint and go, holy fuck, this foundation is shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to build a masterpiece on top of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we have to let go of the blueprint of what was given to us. And no fault to our parents, no fault to our grandparents, but it's just a matter of the soil is different. Mm -hmm. The landscape is different. The size of house and the ground that we can cover is different. And so to go with that very same model no longer serves us. What a great analogy, ain't it? Yeah. I don't know where it came from, but I like it. I love that. I would also say too, like, I think so often people are so afraid to start over mm-hmm. like, Oh, but, but starting over, it's like doing the work at this age, we're 30 ish. We never, know. Just <laughs> yeah, do but we're 30 ish. And wouldn't you rather like, to me, I'm like, oh, well, we're totally living forever, but like we have at least <laughs> yeah, 70 yeah. years. I will do the work now. So the next 
decades of my life are so next level, are so epic. And I can live in bliss. I can live in abundance. I can live in so much goodness. Yeah, shitty, shitty shit is going to happen. Trauma is going to happen. Shit's going to show up. Right. But I'm going to be able to handle that. And I think so often people feel like, okay, I'm at this turning point, those 25, 30, 35, 40. How could I make those changes now? I think it's just being like, hey, we're super young. I know that, like, maybe you don't think you're going to live till you're 100, but what are you going to do? Like, if you do live to 100, you now have, like, 70 years of sitting in the ick versus being like, huh, okay, I'm ready to do the work. This is going to be messy. This is not going to be comfortable, but I do want those relationships to flourish moving forward. I do need to recognize triggers. I do need to work on my forgiveness patterns. I do need to work on my communication with my partner. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's all of that that you should want to do moving forward versus being like, huh, this sucks. I'm cool. We suck for 70 years. Yeah. And that sucks. <laughs> and I think the biggest thing with that is and forgiveness ties into this because it pushes us to grow whether it's for ourselves to release it from us or because we truly want to move forward in that relationship and both of us let go but I think the biggest thing that I'm hearing you say Ange and I hope for all of our listening listeners is that moving beyond mediocrity mm-hmm. and you know Ange and you know me we We do. We live in the extremes. We are, we're not going for, yeah, we're not going for average. We're not going for middle ground. We're not shooting for like the moon and happy to land in the stars. No, no, no. We are going to the moon and we're setting up fucking camp kind of thing. And we're staying for however fucking long we want to. Moon, you figure your life out because we're here. We're here. You figure it out. Yes. And so we hope that that's the place that you're in when you think, hey, I want to transform my life. That you're not thinking, hey, this place of the ick, I want to be less ick. Yes, that's how it starts. It's this, it's, we know that it's a gradual movement towards that transformation place. But if you want to be in that extreme place of joy, awesome, bliss, wonder, it's not out of reach. It's not ridiculous. You can have that. You should have that. We all can tap into the abundance that the universe has. And there's no guilt. There's no shame connected to that. Um, and I see... I see so many people who are afraid to um, step into that or want that. And I think it comes back a little bit to that blueprint is we go, well, this is the blueprint I have. This is my plan. This is my map. This is what I was given. And all of a sudden, if I throw that to the wind, if I let it go based on all the things that I've learned and been shown, I don't have a map. And I feel a little bit lost, Mm -hmm. right? I don't have a blueprint and how the fuck do I build this masterpiece that I want, but I know this, this blueprint doesn't do it. I know it's not what I want, but what do I want? What, what does that look like? And people don't know. And I don't think you have to know. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much of what you've just shared. It's like, could you for just a second, listen and go, huh? Could I just trust that me as a whole, I have got this shit. 
Mm-hmm. We have no idea what the fuck's going to happen in the next 24 hours. Like, I am a super scheduled, rock the Google calendar sort of person, 100%. But with that, I also recognize that, like, I have so much trust in myself that the week is going to play out as it's always supposed to play out, and for we will drop sure. that train. And I think for a lot of people, what shows up is not necessarily this, like, need, I don't know, need for a blueprint. You just need trust, baby. You need trust that I've got this. You need that trust in your soul that you wake up and you're like, okay, I don't have a blueprint for today, but I'm going to listen to what my body needs, what my soul needs, what my relationship needs. And I know that I can handle all of it. And I think that's what happens a lot with blueprints is like, you threw me a curveball. I don't know what the fuck to do with this. It's like, yeah, you showed up, but I trust that I can handle all of this. With whatever skills, tools, whatever that is, because I know that I am armed to do it. And I think that's what we see a lot in both of our practices is like that trust piece of like, you've got this girl. Yeah, like I'm cool to be, I'm cool to pump your tires. But what you need is not me here pumping your tires. What you need is to wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and go like, you're a sexy bitch. I trust. And I trust that all the decisions that you make today are yes. in alignment with what makes the most sense for your soul. For sure. And I think of, when you say that, I think of worry. That's something that shows up a lot with my clients is worry or anxiety. And one of the things, as somebody who has struggled with worry, somebody who has struggled with anxiety, something that really resonated with me, um, I was reading a book called Dropping the Baby and Other Scary Thoughts of All Things. Um, I was pregnant at the time, and intrusive thoughts was something I really struggled with. And I don't know if it actually said it in the book or if it was just a revelation that I had from reading the book, but it was just like, if that happens, trust that you have the resource to deal with it. Mm-hmm. If you do that wild, outlandish thing that pops into your brain, At that point, you have permission to freak out. You have permission to be anxious. You have permission to worry. You have permission to be all the things. And it was just like, oh, but until then, just live your life. And I was like, oh, well, if I ever do that thing that like, or, you know, for example, let's say if your biggest worry, Ange, is your kids getting into a car accident, but day in, day out, every time they get into a vehicle, you're like, oh my God, oh my God, what if they don't make it? What if they, oh my gosh, what if they run out of gas? What if they don't, uh, right? Like that takes up a lot of time and energy. Whereas if you just go, you know what? If ever they are in an accident, permission to freak out, permission to lose my shit, permission to go crazy, that's when I'll lose it. And we know that if that moment ever comes, you won't. Because you will have the resources within you in that moment to deal with it. Because crisis creates presence. Mm, I agree. I mean, everything that you're saying is like the way I live my life. But I'm like, at what point? I know for the person that's like, but I can't. My thoughts, they're so crazy. They're always worrying. And that's the person Mm -hmm. listening that's thinking all those things. I'm like... What we suggest is, like, you don't need to do it about the big things. If a car accident with your kids is, like, oh, my God, girl. When you're listening, you're, like, okay, just worry about something. Like, if you need to, like, have that mini thing, be, like, what if we run out of toothpaste? (laughs) I love that. I know. (laughs) We run out of toothpaste. Whatever that is. I'm, like, 
whew, you give yourself permission in that moment, I will deal with it. Cause like the car accident is probably so far away. The same way we talk about weight loss journeys and transitions in, in any sort of health journeys. Like you need to expose yourself to that of like, okay, we might want to my, we might run out of toothpaste. So when you notice that the toothpaste is slow, buy it if you want to, but also recognize that like, huh, this could be exposure. Okay. We might be really low on toothpaste. This is causing anxiety in me. Oh, we need to buy the toothpaste, right? Very small example, but I'm like sitting in that uncomfortable space of like, we need to do it. We need to buy the toothpaste is actually so good for the body. It's kind of like throwing yourself in cold water for 10 seconds in the morning or like running on hot fire, whatever that is. Exposure just creates enough strength so that you can then move forward in situations when you're dealing with it where you're like, huh, running out of toothpaste we survived. And if you don't do that though, so much of that provokes so much anxiety and worry for people, right? Oh, it brings up, do you remember when we were together and, um, Theodore thought we were running out of hand soap? (laughs) No, yes, I remember. But same, same situation. Yes, totally. Right. We're in the middle of COVID and there's a little boy here who's like, we are out of hand soap. And we're just like, it's okay. Like, but he needed to work through that, right? Yes. Like being, well, okay, we, we can handle it. We got hand sanitizer. We got dish soap. We got, but knowing, okay, whatever it is, we do not have to go to the store and get hands soap right now. No, we need to work through the emotions. We need to have the exposure so that when it happens, it's now a non-issue. But I mean, as as adults, we're like, oh, I don't think I should need to do that. I'm an adult. Girl, there's always work to be done. We we love who we are, but we also recognize that we are still working on ourselves every single day, (laughs) every single week. We're like, whew. All right, well, that's a work in progress, right? And I think that that is such a beautiful gift that we are given in life that we're like, huh, instead of just being born and dying and being like, huh, okay, I'm cool, just kind of coasting. We share that, but I think a lot of our listeners share that. We're like, okay, yeah, I'm not cool with where I am. I want to be next level. And I think it's that exposure piece of like, Okay. Don't buy the toothpaste. Deal with it. Let your heart be a little bit heavy. Let your like belly be like, we should buy the toothpaste. I'm here. We should buy the toothpaste. Right. And I mean, like that's a super, that's a super simple example. But if you're worried about the anxiety associated with big events, expose yourself to small events where that would normally drive you totally crazy Mm -hmm. and see how you cope. Absolutely. And it is, it's about that immersion piece of like, okay, we went through this and we're all okay. No matter what, we're going to be okay. So small transfers to the big. Totally. Totally. Yeah. We're ready to wrap up, I think. Sunshine. This was wonderful. Thank you again, guys. I feel like we have, again, we start in a beautiful place and it ends in a totally different place, but... I feel like we're traveling the thousand islands. (laughs) It's just like we hop from one place to the next place to the next place, but it's all still connected to um, the overarching metaphysical place that we're talking about, I guess. I know, I know. And you know, I I mean, we're going to say farewell, but I think the coolest part about talking with you and having these interesting conversations with you, Ashley, is that we talk about it and as much as we are the same. We share such different perspectives and we really hope that for the audience listening, you're like, huh, 
two very different perspectives. Yes, we share some things in common, but we just share um, maybe just a couple different lenses to look at things through. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that I love the most is that so many times, and probably our listeners don't know this, but we show up with questions that we have and we do not have the answers to. Like I said to Angie, I'm like, oh, what do you think about this as a topic? She's like, yeah, that's great, but I have no idea what I would um, say in response to that. And I'm like, me neither. And so we just hit play and you guys get our... We hit record. We hit record. <laughs> sorry, I'll play. I hope you're hitting play. We are hitting record. Sorry. Play. <laughs> we hit play and here we go. No, we hit record and... But it all comes out authentically from our hearts exactly as it's meant to. So, totally. um, yeah. Anyways, thanks guys. Was that 20? 20? Oh! 2020. Happy 20th anniversary, babes. <laughs> See you later. Catch Cheers. you next week. Ciao. <laughs>